all enjoy this holiday season with your loved ones as we get ready to embrace a new year. This is the Off the Bench Podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. On the latest edition, we chop it up with Wizards broadcast analyst Drew Gooden. Drew was a fan favorite during his days rocking the Wizards uniform. We talk about this year's squad, and with the current situation with COVID and players returning to the court, could we see Drew break out the sneakers once again? But before we do that, just a brief reminder, make sure you download and subscribe to the Off the Bench podcast. Here now is the Rock Talk Jayhawk, Drew Good. Capital One Arena is partnering with Clear to help Wizards fans get into home games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today by selecting Wizards. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear Pod to confirm you are you and then walk right in. Download the free Clear app today to get started. We took Andrew Gooden off the PS5 sticks long enough. Xbox, Xbox. Oh, you're the Xbox guy. Okay. Yeah, let's put that out there, Xbox. Okay, Xbox. Xbox. Um, He's kind enough to join us on the Off the Bench podcast. So before we get to the Wizards, your man Joe Johnson is back in the league. CJ Miles is back in the league. There's some guys, Trevor Reza the other night just played. And it got me thinking about one of my very close friends. So I'm just going to ask you. If Tommy Shepard just texted you and just said, hey, bro, look, eight minutes, you say what? I'm going to need eight weeks to get (laughs) (laughs) You got to think, Chris, I've been removed. I've been removed from the NBA. First of all, I didn't even play my last year. I was in. When I you, you, in you are a, a clapping cla- five. A clap. Yeah, I was the last position I played. You know, I went from stretch four to a clapping five in my last season. I, was, I led the league in claps per possession. But, <laughs> but check this out. I didn't play that year. So you could add even, even the year before that, I really didn't play. So I've been out the league maybe seven years. You know, if you even count the two years while I was in the league and I wasn't playing. So um, it would be interesting. Um, I think at at my age right now, even though I keep myself in shape still, uh, I still work out. Um, I played three seasons in the big three. And uh, you have to be in in shape to play against those guys because uh, they're professional. So I, I believe that was still professional basketball. But let me tell you, man. (laughs) <laughs> like to play at the NBA level right now and where I'm at, I ain't ready. What does it say about ISO Joe that he could come back? And he looked great in the big three. By the way, whoever smacked your headband off, <laughs> just let them know they got the smoke with me, okay? I'll never forget that person. But what does it say about Joe Buckets that – he could still do this. Hey, listen, it, it's telling you two things. For one, I just mentioned the big three, and I told you um, the way he dominated uh, that league, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy what he was doing. I mean, every day, and he ain't the only one that's in that league, I believe, that can still get buckets in the NBA. Um, 
he showed me something. And if I had to put my money on it, Joe Johnson, when he has his opportunity to go out there and play, I guarantee you he will be in his bag picking up right where he left off when he was playing. Well, I'm kind of – I might be speaking out of pocket here, and you would correct me because you always do. I think he might be the second best go get a bucket on the Celtics team right now. Would you agree or disagree? Did you see him and Beasley uh, going one on one? I did. Did you see that? I, oh, I, oh no! Oh, no no no! Excuse me. It wasn't Beasley. It was a uh, Ben Simmons. Did you see what no, he I did didn't see to that. Ben I mean, Simmons? No, no. I, I saw. Go Beasley. on. I go Beasley on YouTube. Do me. Well, check this out. Pardon me, not Michael Beasley, Ben Simmons. Do me a favor, everybody tuning in. Go to YouTube and type in Ben Simmons, Joe Johnson one-on-one. And just Ben Simmons is supposedly supposed to be like a first-team all-NBA defender, correct? Uh, yeah. Go see, go watch what Joe Johnson was doing today. Now, this, this is most recent. This is like... I'm, yeah. I'm assuming within the year or, it, it or was, two. I believe it was. I believe it was last summer. And your main man and our and our, our guy John Wall was participated in the same one on one drill. So okay. it was John Wall, Joe Johnson, Ben Simmons, and another couple a, a couple other NBA guys. Go check that out, and you tell me if he can get a bucket in today's game. Well, it's funny you said about Michael Beasley. I have seen Michael Beasley recently still getting buckets. Michael he just couldn't. He couldn't guard you in the phone booth with the door open, though. That's the problem. Uh, it's like, but, but guess what? Who can nowadays? I mean, I think it's more geared to <laughs> to get in buckets than having to really guard. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, but I think he he's definitely deserving Michael Beasley of a of a look. But I like what I'm seeing, man, because we were just talking about the lack of veteran leadership on these teams. We were just talking about that, and now all of a sudden you see teams going to sign some veterans. Guys that have been out the league for a couple of years. Shout out Isaiah Thomas. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Isaiah Thomas uh, plays one game, drops 42. And he and gets signs a phone with the call. Lakers and debuted and had 19. <laughs> gets, yeah. gets a phone call and then plays the next couple nights in a, in a Lakers uniform and gives you almost a dub, gives you 19 yeah. points. So it, it's, it's guys out there that's capable, especially veterans that's capable. The league is so young, you don't have that extra designated roster spot. Yeah, they added two roster spots for the two-way players and the G League guys, but you don't have that Udonis Haslam roster spot. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I, tweeted out to, I tweeted out today, uh, CM, it should be a new exception. I'm proposing a new exception. Old head exception? <laughs> Man, yeah, it's an old head exception. OG you exception. A, you get a designated ro roster spot. Doesn't count against the cap anything, man. You get the veteran minimum depending on what, how many years served. And I'm calling it the, the Haslam exception. I love it. I'm all in. If you, you like it, I that love UD it. Role. You need that UD role, man. You need a guy that can come down and, and still uh, input and carry on the philosophy of the times he won championships with Spolstra. I mean, why let that go to waste? How valuable is Udonis Haslam to that Miami, Miami Heat organization? Oh, he just got into a game the other day, and he had a corner three, and, like, the bench went crazy. And he was just like, 
This is what I do is whenever he comes in, I can remember those years, bro, when he was actually playing his mid range jumper was wet. I mean, it was just like cash. But Um, he did the dirty work. He did the dirty work. We'll get to more of the league in a moment. Um, Andrew Gooden is joining us, ladies, on the Off the Bench podcast, and we're going to get into his broadcasting career. Uh, There's a story behind that uh, coming up, but I want to ask you about the Wizards, and I want to start with the 10-3 and start. We've talked a lot about the start, and we'll get to kind of like where they are since then, but what caught your eye about the start of this season for the Wizards? Um. the effort they they had early on, um, everybody, you know, they really didn't know their role. Everybody was new to the team. Um, we knew what they were capable of, multiple guys, guys Kuzma, Montrez, Dinwiddie, KCP, uh, especially Aaron Holiday. We knew what they were capable of doing on other teams, but we were excited. It, it was a lot of excitement of what they can bring to the table along with Bradley Beal and this young uh, core the Washington Wizards already had. And um, I think early on, uh, it, it was it was almost like, uh, not like a tryout, but it was a display, a showcase of, this is what I do. Everybody from Montrez, this is what I do. I'm an energy guy. He he uh, he stamped that, became the, uh, the emotional leader of this team early, defined his role. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, when you needed him to get a bucket, he got a bucket. If Brad was out, he was a bucket to find his role. Uh, KCP, guard one, two, three, um, lock you down, knock down a quarter three. We've seen that. We've seen him being capable of doing that. Kuzma, we've seen his capabilities, being able to knock down big shots, being quiet in those first halves, but uh, all of a sudden go, for, go 10-0 run by itself and knock down some big clutch shots. So we've seen this capability. Now, I think, um, you know, after that 10-3 start, I think they're starting to lose that consistency of that uh, that effort they were putting out uh, early on. I think that individually, I, I don't see the same effort. And I also put Brad in that mix too. He's turned it up as of late, but um, it, was a, it was a window where everybody was playing down to their level of capabilities. And, and that's interesting, what came up. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the interesting part, too, was, as Wes has said, you know, defensively early on, um, bro, that first quarter of the first game in Toronto, I said it then, I'll say it now, that was championship-level defense that I thought that they played in that first 12 minutes in a hostile environment where they hadn't played there in a whole year. So... I call that the baseline. You had set your, your, that was your standard. And then you held 83 points. And I'm like, and I'm with you. You and I were on the same page on this. You were like, okay, you showed your hand now. Now I know what you're capable of. And we get it. Over the course of 82 games, Drew, there's going to be some slippage. But that first quarter of the first game was so good that it was almost like they teased us, right? It was like, seeing the teaser video to the new Spider-Man or the new Batman or the new Bond movie. And you see that teaser and you're like, oh, I got to go see this movie. And then you get to the movie and you're like, 
oh, they were just taking the best parts of the movie. <laughs> That's yeah, what a yeah, teaser yeah, yeah. is, right? The, the, um, the trailer. <laughs> yeah. So how did they get back to that? That That is kind of like the million-dollar question after they just came off of this West Coast trip where they got a huge win in Utah, bro. I feel like they had to get that. I don't really subscribe to must-wins unless it's literally a must-win, but I feel like that might be the closest thing to it. No, check this out. That game wasn't a must a must win going into the game, but two minutes ago in that fourth quarter, guess what it turned into? A must win game. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a must win game. You know when I when I'm uh, in game announcing these games, uh, and, and I tell the viewership, "Hey, this is a winnable game." Like in Denver, mm-hmm. down thirty five cut it down to 10, then cut it down to six. Believe me when I say this is a winnable game. I mean, they made so many mistakes in that game alone that they they cut a a 30-plus point deficit to six points. Yeah, you could put a case in that Jokic was uh, a huge part because he got ejected. But if you take care of your business early on, you, you wouldn't be in that situation. But I think that, like you said, that was a win that gives the Wizards now some confidence. And another blessing this disguise was not only did they get a win, they got a game postponed. Now you get the heal, you get the re, you get the recover, you know what I mean? So you get, you get a little mental rest. That was a long West coast trip. Cause, cause guess what? They were going to be right back at it and going against Brooklyn and, you know, basketball guys have Brooklyn now, so it probably wasn't going to be the same Brooklyn anyway. But um, that's a tough schedule, and they're going to have to make that game up later on down the road. So just, you know, remember that. But I think they needed that win. This is this time off right now is beneficial. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store against New York, against the Knicks, because I think they will have the energy uh, and, and be ready to, you know, I would say whoops some behind. I like that. Um, I want to get to, there's something that's getting ready to happen. And I kind of forecasted it a couple of weeks ago. And I want to get your take on it is we've seen kind of Wes Unsell grow as a coach. I, I think he's done a terrific job in his first year. Um, the way he has communicated, sometimes he's had to use what I call the basketball love language to get his point across. Sometimes he's probably had to kick him out of practice. He's had it, when, when there's been an issue, uh, he's addressed it, uh, like in New Orleans, where they weren't allowed to get on the plane until everybody had a voice into why did we lose this ball game before we get on the plane so it doesn't fester. But now Drew comes, Rui Hachimura is on the plane, he's going to New York, Thomas Bryant is close, and now you're going to have to deal with a full roster where there now is a lot of guys playing in those same positions, and there's a lot of quality depth. Coach Gooden, how do you handle that? Hey, if I'm the coach, I'm taking that as a positive, because guess what? The luxury you had um, when you weren't performing, now you got more guys in your, in, that can take your minutes if you're not competing at a high level. So it's going to be a competition factor there amongst the group. That's going to be beneficial for everybody is what I'm, what I'm seeing and what I'm hoping for. So if a guy like Rui's coming back, uh, Denny, he's established himself as a defensive guy. You know, 
He, that's why he's earning his minutes. That's why he's closing out games because he's playing defense. Uh, what does that do? Well, the trickle effect and the domino effect is Davis has to sit down. Davis is not going to have to, uh, he's not going to be able to close out games uh, like he used to. And if Rui comes back in a mix, now you, you're looking at Davis like, hey, you had your turn. We got to let Rui eat. Or even Kuzma. Kuzma might be in that mix too. Hey, Kuzma, if you if you ain't got it going on, you know, I can see that competition within that group at the small four, power four position starting to, you know, come to a head. But I like it because I think it's much needed and it's going to put, it's going to make guys put out more effort on the court at the end of the day. I think Thomas Bryant is a power, is a, is a power forward. What say you? Yeah, he is. He, I believe that's what he's going to have to be, um, especially if he's uh, hitting that outside three-point shot at a consistent uh, clip. Um, but being able to show he can guard uh, uh, when they switch the 1-4 pick-and-roll sets, be, being able to uh, show that you can switch and move your feet uh, after the injury, uh, being able to stay in front of people, that's a way he could be able to separate himself to where now you can play a, a big lineup with him and Gafford or him and Montrez because now you got some size with a guy that can stretch um, the floor. You had that luxury. But if Thomas Bryant is not hitting those shots or stretching the floor, then it's going to be it's going to be a three-man rotation, and whoever has it going is the guy going to be playing, basically. Um, I've known you since 2004. When you your first year when you got to Cleveland, and I told you something, it might have been your last year here or the second to last year here. Do you remember when we went to the Yankees game? We went to go see yeah. your guy CC, and I said something to you, and I I don't know if you ever talked you you thought I was serious at the time, but you're now in your third year as a broadcaster, so you clearly took what I said as like, oh okay, mate. What's it like being a broadcaster these last three years and kind of describe just your your journey to go from being a player to a broadcaster? I'll tell you what, I always told myself I'm not going to do anything if I'm uh, if I'm feeling bad driving to the place and I have a better feeling driving from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Great advice. So, so, so first of all, I'm happy when I'm coming to work dealing with y'all knuckleheads and uh, calling the Wizard games. Uh, I, it, it's a blessing. It's something that uh, that uh, is real interesting because I, I retired a Wizard. Um, I transitioned along into the broadcasting sector, along Monumental Sports and NBC Sports Washington. Um, so I, I built those relationships throughout my playing years and onto my broadcasting years. So I mean, it's strong value, and I and I really I'm really passionate about the organization. I got love for the Wizards, whether I'm uh, a broadcaster or not. You know, I re I played in that uniform. I have blood, sweat, and literally tears in that uniform. So uh, I'm attached uh, to that organization to the hip. But um, this is just the icing on the cake to be able to uh, talk Wizards, follow them, uh, watch the games, be close enough um, emotionally. Uh, embedded with this team because I played with Bradley Bill. I want to see him succeed. And um, he's probably one of the last guys that's on this roster that I, that was one of my teammates. But, uh, you know, it's still emotional attachment for me. 
So I'm a Wizards fan uh, for life, um, whether I'm a broadcaster or not. But be a broadcaster is the icing on the cake. And like I said, I love chopping it up and talking Wizards. So when when you did when you got the the job, what it's was all your of- fault. It, it, it's all your fault. <laughs> we just gonna hey, skip I, that part, huh? We just I take skip full that part, I huh? take full responsibility <laughs> of when my guy says put the brown thing in the round thing. When he says those are great problems. When he goes, hey, let to clean it up it, a little bit. I'm yeah, trying to clean it know, up a little bit. I take full responsibility. <laughs> but what I told you then and what I say now is I just think you're just very organic. Um, mm-hmm. What you see is what you get. And if you ask you a question, you're going to answer it. And I think when people listen to you in the broadcast, take the opportunity to just listen. There is knowledge, I think, in everything that you say during the broadcast. And then you have found a way to be informative and entertaining. And I told you way back then, that's hard to do in this business. It's hard to find the balance. Some people are super informative and analytically driven. And then there are just some people that are like jokesters. And you have been able to, this is just my humble opinion. And I, I, I'm not saying this just because we're friends, but I, I've noticed this the last three years is, finding that balance how, how did you go about doing that I'll I tell you what man a lot of feedback uh you get a lot of feedback and I listen to a lot of other you know analysts and uh guys that also do color in different sports and um, you take a little bit of everything and you get you're supposed to get better you know mm-hmm. as the years go on and uh, I just jumped into this right out of a uniform <laughs> you know you know what I mean like like they were asking me, hey, do you have any real? I was like, what's that? Like, I don't have any real. I just, yeah, I got highlights. I got, I got hoop highlights. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got some hoop highlights. But, you know, auditioning, uh, I, I did a good job. I was blessed to audition Will. But you was a guy that was a mentor to me, Chris. And, you know, you was a guy that told me that I could do this along with multiple other uh, uh, sources. So I got to thank you, my friend, for me uh, to even pursuing it and, and being close close enough to it and getting some of your guidance. So you always know I got to show you my respect, brother, in that, in that regards. But um, you know that. You know that. Love. And um, yeah, for real, for real. And um, like you said, I, I try to keep it organic as much as possible. Uh there's always things, you, you know, especially ex-hoopers, we all want to say. You, I, I know you want to say something real <laughs> greasy, and you're like, eh. yeah, you know, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? But we just, we keep it professional, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I love what I do, and, and guess what? If the, if the Wizards start getting back to what they were doing from that 10-3 start, then you could really start seeing some organic, you know, reactions and some new material because, you know, uh, when you get that type of energy in the game, I mean, that really affects the broadcast, depending on how well the team's playing. So uh, the better they're playing, the better that broadcast will be, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I, I, what people don't know, and this is just a really good transition into this, is your father uh, is, is obviously one of your biggest supporters, not only as a player, but Pops listens during the broadcast too. What's that like when you like, your dad has been coaching you and just been in your ear about who, like literally your whole life, not only on the court, but now in the broadcast booth. Yeah, early on, you know, he was, he was critiquing me, you know, I'm tell, you know what I'm saying? Just, 
little things here and there, making sure you look good, making sure you groom right, you know what I'm saying? Making sure you're in shape, making sure no buttons are popping out your shirt, you know what I'm saying? You know, he, he said, you know, when I look at my son, I want to make sure he, you know, he, he's looking presentable. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I can't, I can't say nothing right now because Chris Miller caught me on the day off, so I, I might <laughs> a little toe up today. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you get those hints. You know, he's proud of me. He's, he's look, he's look how I transitioned. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a father now. You know, I would be proud if my son was doing the same things I was doing, getting to the league, transitioning over to TV, and, and doing those things and being successful. So I mean, he's just a proud, proud uh, parent and fan. I would mm -hmm. say. What's your preparation like? Like, give give Wizards fans kind of a sense of what does your day look like? You know, maybe before the day before the game, like the day before, and then kind of leading up to the broadcast. Okay, so like, uh, depending on what's a back to back, back to back is kind of a quick turnaround. And uh, early on in the season, it's, it's a little tough to try to watch a lot of the games. Um, but I like to see the guys live before I start kind of you know, critiquing them uh, from just film from college mm -hmm. or YouTube film or a game that was played against a different team. You know, I kind of want to see them live. Uh, and then I could, once I, I saw them live, next time I see them play, I'll give you a scouting report on them. You know what I mean? So early on in the season, uh, not really watching too many of the previous games, but now kind of this deep in the season, I, I kind of want to watch if like, the Wizards are playing Portland. I want to watch the Portland Phoenix game the other night, uh, at least the two games before that, so I can just kind of know what's going on trending-wise and, and what the, the opponents are doing. So I want to know what Portland's doing. I want to know how Damian Lillard is running off the pick-and-roll sets. I want to know um, uh, I want to know the tendencies defensively. And then I look at the film. Then I'll go in and I'll match that up with the data and the stats that's presented to us uh, from our producer, Rich, Rich Wolf. Shout out Rich Wolf. He, pro he produces not only uh, great, great broadcast, but he also produced a lot of paperwork, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, so it's about a stack. It's about a papers, papers about this, bit, this thick mm -hmm. that I go through as data stats that could back that up. You know, I, I'm a big fan of synergy which is a, um, an application out there that you can use to kind of get really uh, in the analytics of how teams and the, and the tendencies offensively, defensively, what they like to run, how many times they went zone, how su right. successful they uh, they are in zone, how many position, positions they've ran zone uh, to what their, their rank when they do run that zone and the offensive rating. I mean, I'm talking about a ton of information, but you're only going to use a little bit of that um, once you bring it to the broadcast, you know, but um, other than that, I, I write out my, <clears throat> you know, my uh, my points and keys of what I think the Wizards can do tonight that can help them win. Uh, I might have multiple keys in, in that category, but I might shout out one to start the game off, you know what I mean, and bring something else down the line because I want I want the game to develop because uh, maybe what I thought prior to this might not be happening tonight. It might be the reverse. So I, you know, what I'm saying. So right. I, it's a fine line of throwing out too much data and also analyzing the game in real time and seeing what's going on tonight versus the last 20 games. Mm -hmm. One thing you do a really good job of, and us mere mortals can't figure this out. <clears throat> I'm gonna take you fans behind the curtain a little bit. 
I call him Andrew when he's really, really on it. When he's really smart, yeah, he's Andrew. Okay. That's Andrew why I'm on my coffee a, on my turnip juice. Right. Andrew does a terrific juice. job of seeing something like quickly and tells you, oh, he's he's nice with it, or I don't know. It takes folks like me, the dummies, like five, ten games. The other day you checked me on it. And he was like, bro, I told you that like two weeks ago. You late. Oh. Like, how did how do you see these things so early? Man, it just I, I was out there. I played against these guys from AU from high school to college to you know the pros. I've seen I've seen thousands of professional basketball players at different levels of different ages, different age groups uh, throughout my entire life. And now I'm still getting to analyze them as a, as a broadcaster, which I'm, I'm getting to see the more of these guys. And let me, let me tell you, Isaiah Todd, it took me, it took me three, two possessions. It took me two possessions. Forget summer league, forget summer league. It took me two possessions in, in a preseason game. He got in the game. He made a block. He came down and made a move. Tried to go dunk, dunk a, 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 a baseline drive, and I said, "You know what? I've seen enough. I've seen enough. <laughs> he, he can go." So I'm telling it. I'm telling every. I'm telling everybody right now. Now I know y'all just seen him hit like come in the game, hit a couple threes. He's six ten. Like he's a, he, he's showing himself to be a real potentially a real good player in this league from the the small sample size I've seen when he's playing with the Wizards. I'm telling y'all right now, folks, Isaiah Todd is, is the guy. I, I want to take this another step further. Andrew and I were in Orlando a couple years ago watching Montverde take on DeMatha. I was sitting next to Andrew in the first half. And you told me then, hey, bro, Kate Cunningham is nice. But that dude, Scotty Barnes, you <laughs> yeah, called it. Yeah. It was the craziest the- thing. And, like, to see him now, both of them in the league, I'm like, Drew called that two years ago. Man, I, it's, it's been time and time again. I've seen these kids at AAU level, like, he's going to be playing in the NBA. That guy, he has it. And I forgot I, – I couldn't pick Kay Cunningham out in a lineup after that game, but I left that game knowing who Scotty Barnes was. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the type of uh, impact he had on me as a hooper. I was like, first of all, this kid don't need to be in high school. And he, second of all, he's not a kid. He's a grown man. <laughs> grown man. <laughs> and then he goes to Florida. And then he goes to Florida State and comes off the bench. And then the starting in the NBA and is up for rookie of the year. It's like, that's another thing. These kids need to go straight to the pros, man. If, you, if you're ready to go, let them go, man. What are we doing here? Yeah. Um, I hate to do this, but we have to talk about it because it is the international subject matter. And it's just COVID, man. How do you think you would have handled really the last two years if you were playing? Man, it depends on what age where I was at uh, throughout my career. I mean, young, Drew, no family. I'm going to be in them streets. <laughs> you, know what I'm yeah. you know what I'm saying? 
later on in my career, Drew, the family guy, I'm in the house. You know what I mean? And it's about protecting your family uh, at, at the end of the day. And um, I, I wouldn't even, I don't even want to even try to even imagine what I had to go through as a player. So I just know it's not easy. Them having to wake up and test but 7 a.m. every morning. Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's still going on as much as it was, but I mean, from the bubble to going into last uh, last year, uh, that season, having to test every day and all the you know protocol and mandates and everything, and then it going into this season, and now this is happening. I mean, when is, when does it ever end? When does it ever stop? So, you know, my heart goes out to these players, but um, I, I think uh, for most of the part, majority of the league, they handle it the right way. Uh, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here uh, shortly because, um, it, like, if these numbers keep rising, especially after Christmas, uh, I, I know Adam Silver came up with comments about uh, the league is not planning on having any stoppage. But I think they're going to have to revisit that uh, that statement. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm here back at the crib, bro. Um, it's just you know out of a, abundance of caution. You know, I'll be here for a while. You know, I'll be at the home games, oh, wow. but those road games, I'll be right here at, at the Casa Miller. And it just got <laughs> me thinking, it just got me thinking, man, like, man, this is really a mind, you know, twist for me. I was, I, it feels like it was just like a couple months ago. I was here again, talking to yeah. you. I remember in March of 2020, when it first happened, you were like one of my first guests on my other podcast and, and we were just talking it we were kind of like oh this this thing will pass we didn't think it would be like bro we're going on two years of this Man. and i can't imagine like you said as broadcasters you know we're all kind of like this is yeah we're I mean, tied. i've got we've gotten used to it you know what i mean and uh I, I think what we haven't adjust to the players are having to adjust to bottom line everybody it's not just us i mean the whole world is having to adjust to this uh, as, as a whole, you know what I mean? So, you know, I think everybody's on the same boat. All right, I'll finish with this. We'll go back to the league. You, you, you made a great point talking about how, like, this is just kind of like our new normal, right? So you, you, I'm going to give you your flowers again. You told me when <laughs> the teams were in the bubble, you said, Chris, the most mentally tough team will win the championship. And the two most mentally tough teams played for the championship that year, Miami and the Lakers. So I'll ask you now, does that bode true for you again, that the most mentally tough team will win a championship this year? And who is it? Uh, healthy, mentally and physically ready to go. I got, I got Brooklyn. Mentally and physically ready to go. I got Brooklyn winning it. Wow. So that, mean, that means like Kyrie has to – there's something that has to be worked out with him. Hey, I mean, if it ain't Kyrie, I need James. But KD has to be the piece in that puzzle. But give me the order. Give me James. Give me Kyrie. If I have all three, the more the merrier. I think they're on a mission. I think that that that, that stung a lot last year. That Them losing last year hurt them a lot. KD um, – not Toe being on the all line. the way behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on a. Can you mission. imagine going through the whole a, summer, going, "Dang, I got big." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's on a. He's on a mission, Sam. He's he's on a mission, and people just yeah, they're not giving him his props right now. But uh, like I said, a healthy and mentally ready 
Brooklyn is, is my pick. Andrew, I'm going to go with Golden State. And you know how you and I, every year, you and I go back and forth. Ooh, that's going to be a, that's going to be, that's going to um, be, a, that's going to be a must watch finals right there. It's Golden oh State. My God. Because they have ticked off champions. They got dudes that were like, y'all, y'all act like y'all forgot about us. And they've got the MVP in the league right now. Again, it's just my humble opinion. Draymond is back on his level. And oh, by the way, 50.2 dribble, Clay is coming back. Yo, bro, and Igudala is back. And they got these young you, babies. Drew, come on. You ain't say nothing. You ain't say nothing about Wiseman. What's going on with Wiseman? Bro, you'd be the first one to tell me. I don't know. But you know what? You know what, you, you know what they do have? They got that boy Jonathan Kaminga. I tried to tell you, Drew. He was it. No, you know what, you know what they have over there? Defense. Go check yeah. out their defensive numbers. Yep. They have Otto Porter is one of the highest defensive rated players. Otto Porter. They were just talking the other day about how surprised how healthy he's been. I'm just like, yeah. Otto Porter, man, congrats, man. If if any flowers need to be handed out, man, give Otto Porter his flowers right now, man. That man is balling. Like, he's not, like, putting up crazy numbers offensively, but defensively, he is is doing all – man, they got Toscano's a top five uh, defensive rated uh, player. Who else is out there? They got Gary Payton. He's one of the top defensive rated players. I mean, they have defense over there, and they rebound, Jack. And now, Dray, you know, Draymond Green going to be Draymond Green, but they rebound the ball. They're an underrated rebounding team at that height. Yeah. Great stuff, brother. It's good catching up with you. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I just laugh, right? I see you on these broadcasts, and you just be talking that talk. And I said, y'all only do. This dude been talking like this forever. <laughs> you're just getting a, you're just getting a sample size of greatness. A sample. <laughs> Trying to keep it clean. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you.